Hey everybody, this is Joel Pulliam with another episode of the First and Fifteen podcast. For those who haven't listened to it before, uh, it's named after the First Amendment, the right to free speech, and the Fifteenth Amendment, the right to vote. You know, you get paid in First and Fifteenth. You know, it just all fit, rolled together. So that's where the name came from. I kind of made a nonprofit of the same name in a newsletter. But enough with that. What I wanted to talk to you today was about. Um, the concept of black capitalism, right? And if it can save us as a whole. And I'm of the firm belief that it cannot. And I know some might disagree with me, but, you know, I just wanted to get that out there. And, and I brought it up because, and I don't ever want to make disparaging comments against specific people. Like, it's not personal. Um, but, you know... There have been people within the black community who are, let's say they're well off, they're celebrities, who uh, advocate for things that I don't think benefit our community, you know, um, whether it's um, voting for, you know, Chris Christie or Republicans. And here's the thing. Um, I'll preface this because I have my own gripes with the administration. Like I have legit concerns, but I definitely don't think black people should be voting for a party that the Republicans that are looking to, you know, take away our rights, whether it's not teaching black history in schools, whether it's arresting people for uh, registering to vote in the wrong place like they're doing in Florida. So, no, I, I don't think any black people should vote for, for the Republican Party as it is now. You know, uh, I'm, I, look, I'm, I'm just being honest with you. And when I when I heard the person say, oh, you know, vote for Chris Christie, I just thought to myself and I wrote it on Twitter that black celebrities won't save us. And I stand by that comment. Um, I just think in a society where you want. Well, how do I say this without being offensive? I just don't think celebrities can be at the forefront if they're not well versed in what they're speaking of. Right. Just like anybody, just because you're famous or rich doesn't mean you know about politics, doesn't mean you know about economics, doesn't mean that you know about any of the stuff. You just know what you specialize in. And um, and that's kind of the danger of podcasts. And I know it's ironic with me talking on a podcast, but like you, all of us realize we, we all don't like each individual person. None of us know everything about everything. Right. Um, and so I see the danger of that, especially with next year's election. You just um. I just, from my own community, I just don't want us to look at, um, look towards celebrities to be like, well, who we should vote for and all those things. I just think that's a dangerous road. Um, it reminds me of what Malcolm X says, right? Uh, back in the 60s, right, he critiqued how white people, white America had propped up black leaders that were celebrities, right? or comedians, or athletes, and I'm not saying, here's the thing, Muhammad Ali is my favorite athlete of all time, and I believe he's a leader, right, but he was also someone who stood, like, I just think when you're a leader, like, there's certain things you have to give up, or you have to sacrifice, and most celebrities aren't willing to do that, you know, to cut ties with the money that they have, uh, and Muhammad Ali was willing to do that, so, you know, I give him respect as a leader, but what Malcolm X was saying was that far too often just in america in general but just speaking on our community i don't want us to look towards um 
rappers or celebrities or influencers as, okay, we should listen to these people in politics. I'm not saying that they can't. I'm not saying, oh, shut up and dribble or anything like that. I'm just saying there are hard decisions or as a community, we need unity when it comes to how do we strategize what our next move should be and that we need leaders, right? People who are well-versed in politics and civil rights and all those things and have a heart for the people and are willing to sacrifice for the people. And um, I got his point. And, and, and what he said is in our defense, right, um, he realized how what the problem basically was rooted in that all it took for a black person to be a leader in a racist country, right? Very, like being a radical black person in a white racist country, the hurdles you have to jump aren't going to be the same as in the white community, right? Where Donald Trump, you know, can be unqualified and everything and they just eat it up. And, and also in our defense, let's also be honest, for the leaders we've had, you know, the Martin Luther Kings and the Mega Evers, even people like Fred Hampton, they've been stolen from us. So it isn't like we haven't had leaders, but... The tragedies of the 60s, that really that really took a toll on black people, right? And we have leaders. We just need, we need more, you know? So he, he wasn't saying it like an indictment, like, oh, y'all. He was just saying, like, he understands why, but that, and that white people prop these people up, but that we need more leaders who think of the community as a whole and not for self and not for, okay, what can I gain out of it? It kind of leads me now to the whole concept of black capitalism, right? How many celebrities and black celebrities are willing to cut ties with the funding they get or the money they get in order to see something that benefits the whole of the community? I don't think you care about the community if you're telling people to vote for Chris Christie, a man who has shown, and I'm be honest, has shown no love towards our community. I, and I'm not even talking about like in his personal life. I'm just talking about legislation wise. Like there's nothing there for black people. So and that just comes from, oh, well, if I get money, my dad always taught me something. He said, you know, uh, think of it like there are certain black people within, like within our community who will make it. And instead of like helping someone climb up the ladder, they'll just remove the ladder altogether. And that happens far too often nowadays. Um, well, if I get rich and, and, and before you know it, you have to be careful. Or you're going to start to sound like Republicans who say welfare queens or, oh, pick yourself up by the bootstraps. And it's like, what bootstraps? You have to understand if you are a black person who makes it in this country, you are an anomaly in the sense of the system was not set up for black people to make it like that. And you have to count it as that you're fortunate. And that not as, oh, I did it on my own because you didn't. I did it on my own. So the rest of you black people should be able to do it. Everyone can't be born 6'10", become an NBA player. You know, every not saying you didn't work hard. Everyone can't be a talented singer. Right. We all have we should all be able to flourish no matter what your job is. And that's my point is that when you make it as a black person in this capitalistic system, I do think it's um it's your duty to help uplift the community as a whole. You can't be insular and be like, oh, I'm going to be separated from my community. No, because without that community, you wouldn't have made it. And it kind of goes to my previous uh, podcast episode about the collective, about how it takes all of us. Those are the very top. Those are the very bottom. 
And um, I just think black capitalism or the concept, we have to be very careful. Because, again, you come off very like, you sound like Reagan in the 80s. Well, the rest of you need to make it. And what you don't realize is that within the system, <laughs> I hate to be like this, even when it comes to uh, how much wealth you accumulate, there's still only so much that they'll allow you to to have. Like, like think of it. Do you really think they'll allow you to be as rich as Warren Buffett? I'm not saying it's not possible, but that's they, they don't intend for any black person to be as rich as Warren Buffett. The system isn't set up for that. I just don't think you can try to, like, are, you can't dictate black success off of flourishing in a system that was meant to destroy us. You know what I mean? I'm not saying don't be rich. I think everybody, you know, someone wants to be wealthy enough to take care of their family and, and you know, not have to worry about bills. So I'm not saying that. You know, I, I have an iPhone, so I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I just think um, the system, I, I'm not dumb to also the system is not meant for black people to succeed and that you have two options now you can try to flourish within a system or you can try to change it and changing it isn't just you know it's it's activism but it's also voting it's also black politicians taking those steps those radical steps and it's going to take white politicians doing the same thing in order to change things on a whole scale but i don't think we can change the system by like oh if we all get rich because they're not going to allow all I don't know how many black people, 40 million of us, to become millionaires. It wasn't set up for that. If it was, we would have done it. <laughs> the wealth gap is actually slightly worse than it was in 1968. So capitalism as a whole hasn't benefited us like that. And again, I'm not saying, oh, we have to just overturn capitalism because in this country, that's just going to be impossible. And I don't think, like, I, I just think, we do have to find radical ways to change it to benefit us from from political institutions to economic institutions. And there are different ways to do that. But I just don't... And mainly one of them is to disrupt America's way of life to get what you want. But I don't think you just be like, well, if we get, you know, a rapper over here becomes a billionaire and this athlete becomes a billionaire, we're making it. What does that do for the person who's struggling in Detroit? What does that do for the person who's struggling in Chicago? The person who's struggling in, in South Carolina? The person who's struggling in, in Mississippi that does nothing for them? Trickle-down economics didn't work in the 80s. Led to the, 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 the gutting of the middle class. It doesn't work. It never has worked. And so I just don't want us to adopt those same ideas. Like, even the history of black capitalism itself, Right. One of the seeds like where, where it starts is that, you know, in 1968, you have Richard Nixon. Uh, and if we talked about this, he runs against Hubert Humphrey. Right. Lyndon Johnson, he decides I'm not going to run again, takes everybody by surprise. Nixon, if, if you don't remember, ran against John F. Kennedy in 1960, loses in one of the closest elections. I think it's the closest popular vote of all time. Right. So, well, he runs for a governor for California after 1960, loses that. People think he's gone away forever. He comes back in 1968 and really sets the template for what Republicans would use in like modern racist politics about, you know, the law and order of, you know, the 68 convention. Oh, those black people, they're out of order. I promise the silent majority comes from that. All that the Southern strategy comes from Nixon running. And one of the things that isn't talked about enough is the Republicans, they try to outreach to black people 
using black capitalism, right? It doesn't work like that, but it sows the seeds of some of what we see today, right? Um, he actually talks about, it's this guy, it's a fictional college character named Homer Pitts, you know, and this is how they try to outreach to black people. And he's like a college character who has like a letterman jacket, you know, clean cut dude. But basically he's saying like, well, if you want, uh, you know, money out of college, if you want, uh, you know, your degree to mean something for you to flourish like white people do, you vote for Nixon, right? I mean, that was never Nixon's intention, but, you know, this is what he's trying to do to win an election. You see Republicans do that today. Like, hey, uh, if black people will, you'll get more money because and here's the thing. Here's the difference. And I want you to listen to this. Their method of black people obtaining wealth is, oh, the rising tide lifts all boats. And I'm here to tell you that does not work. It doesn't. Not when everybody doesn't have the same boat. Not when our people's boats have holes in it from 400 years of slavery and Jim Crow and redlining and all these things. So it's not the same. And so this whole rising tide lifts all boats. It doesn't work in general society like that. Not when like my water, I mean, we're not even at the same water level. So I, I just, that versus the whole, I believe in, in order to, to, to right the wrongs and bridge these gaps, it has to be very specific towards the people, very specific plan towards okay to get out poverty how about we allow black people to go to these colleges like an affirmative action get these degrees so that you know we can bridge the economic gap you know they're about to kill affirmative action but that was in a previous episode so i believe that it has to be very specific i don't believe well if everybody can get rich black people that are they'll automatically get rich because that does you look at the numbers it doesn't mean that Black people always kind of get left behind no matter what because the opportunities don't go to us like that. In the 80s, it did not work for us. The whole trickle-down economics made it even worse for black people. It has to be very specific. I, I think of President Johnson's um, war on poverty, and, and it didn't do everything it was supposed to because Congress kind of chickened out and we turned our attention to the Vietnam War. But there were very specific things towards the community of, okay, if we get a fair housing act we can close that housing gap between black and white families those are the things that it takes to lift to bridge those gaps between black and white wealth it's not everybody gets rich because we tried that and white people are the only ones who get rich like that yeah you'll have a few black people but what does that mean if millions of others aren't and so nixon tries that whole plan of oh how homer pitts pitts you know if you want to be like him you want your degree and you want to go to college yada yada you vote for Republicans. And what they did is that they took advantage of knowing that black people had been given nothing for all that they had done. They had been given nothing. Like for, for building this country, we got in return poverty and, and, and white supremacist violence and a, a, a wealth gap. That's what we got in return. And mass incarceration, those are the things we got in return. And so they took advantage being like, oh, I know they don't have anything, but we, we can convince them that, you know, one of y'all can make money. No, it doesn't work like that. It's the collective. There's no doubt that black people, the, the wealth gap needs to be bridged, right? But I'm also, I also know that it's not going to be by a few black people being millionaires. 
that does nothing for the greater good. That just helps them. And even that in the grand scheme of wealth, it's not that much money, right? We need black banks and black institutions. Those are the things that will start to, we need government plans that specifically help black communities. Marginalized people need specific plans for their communities in order to help bridge those gaps. It's not this, well, if everybody gets rich, you know, we'll, everybody's boat will lift. It doesn't work. And I just think, you know, I, I want to challenge, you know, um, black people who've made it to not look down on other black people and to not um, just to help. Like, you don't leave a situation and just look down on people. Like, the goal is to make it and to help others make it. Like, society doesn't work. Our community doesn't work without that type of mindset. It shouldn't be, well, I'm wealthy, you know, screw the rest of you. That that just, then you're going to start to think like the people who oppressed us thought. And, and one thing, I always say this, we're not them because we're not them. Also, you know, and it's not exactly capitalism, but even black people in political spaces, um, it's always on us. Political, civil rights, any of that to always be self-aware that we're just not enamored with the system and that we're always trying to shake the table. There's no need to be at the table if you're not going to shake it, if you're not going to make it your own. Um, so, yeah, we, 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 we need to do a better job even within those spaces too. You don't want to be like the people or the institutions that oppressed you. That's not the goal of improving. The goal is not to become like the systems that, that, that tortured your family through the generations. The goal is not to dominate other black people. The goal is the liberation of all of us, not the domination of anyone. And so I just challenge black celebrities to get, get connected with, with leaders. And I challenge leaders in the nonprofit and civil rights movement to really take the chances and to take up the mantle and the torch from the John Lewis's and the Martin Luther King's and the Diane Nash and the Fannie Lou Hamer's, we, we got to step it up. It, it's not just about being seen or, you know, who you could be next to. It's what can we do to improve our community and how far can we take it? And there are def definitely people who are doing the work. I'm just saying it's going to take all of us. And... Again, I, I'm not saying black people shouldn't have nice things because we went 400 years without anything, right? I'm not saying, oh, everybody should have a bowl of grits and a sandwich every day. And no, I'm not not trying to be, you know, like that. All I'm saying is that I, I want to have fun, but I want everyone else in my community to have fun too. There's nothing wrong with having fun. There's nothing wrong with getting things that you like. I'm not saying that, so I'm, don't take it that way. What I'm saying is that how about we can do both? We can have fun and take care of our families and, and really live life, and we can also help liberate people so they can do the same things as well. It's going to take a, a collective effort in order for us to do what we have to do. And um, that's really all for today. It's just a challenge for us to, when we make it, make sure that other black people make it. And... Um, I'll leave you with this. 
there is nothing wrong with being upset with where we're at right now because passion only means one thing, that you're still alive. Thank you for listening and God bless.